Alex fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we got a good show for you this week. Uh, we've been off for uh, probably two, two and a half weeks or so, Eddie. And uh, we're going to kind of get everybody caught back up uh, on some of the moves that the Ducks made um, after July 1st. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about the uh, lineup, free agency. Uh, we have some Perry news to go over as well and some other events. But uh, going back to uh, the free agency, Eddie, back on uh, the 1st, kind of to recap, you know, we, we've been kind of gone for a little while, but the Ducks gave Cam Fowler that big extension uh, for eight years. They uh, also picked up Ryan Miller as the backup goalie for Gibson, and they signed uh, Derek Grant and Michael Lambus. So that was kind of the moves that the Ducks made on the 1st, Eddie. Um, the big moves, of course, Fowler and Miller. Um, what did you think as far as you know the Ducks' uh, uh, transactions that day? You know, I, I think getting Fowler locked down is, is important, obviously. I mean, we're coming off a season where we all thought he was probably going to get traded at the beginning of the season, and now to have him down for the foreseeable future, it, it's it's great. Um, you know, a lot of people are stuck on the valuation at 6.5. Um, you know, I, I think it's a little high for right now, for what you're getting for Fowler right now. But you got to remember, too, he's only 25. You know, he's just reaching his prime. You know, probably this season, next season, he's going to become – you know the defenseman that uh, you know that we're going to look back on it as being you know at his best. So I think then we can judge it. I mean, obviously right now it's a little high. We expected around five and a half and six. I think when we you know were predicting what he would get. So you know five hundred thousand more. But you know it, it it's worth it. He's one of the Ducks' best defensemen. You know probably their best defenseman behind Hampus Lindholm. So. Uh, I think it's a it's a good deal for the Ducks to have him locked down for the future, uh, and then Ryan Miller. Uh, you know, we we talked about him um, when we were talking about goalies the Ducks could bring in before free agency, and saying, well, you know, he'd be one of the better options, but he's probably going to want too much money. And then I think probably knowing us, uh, an hour later we see that report come out saying uh, that he's going to accept a one million dollar deal with the Ducks with bonuses of up to a million dollars and. Then eventually signs the the two million dollar contract for two years, and, and I think it's a great signing. Uh, I mean, he's a, an older guy. Um, you know, he's been around the league, experienced guy. He's going to help Gibson in, in that aspect, and and he's still a pretty good goaltender. I think he's a better backup than Bernier. Um, you know, I think he was one of the best available. Uh, maybe him and Anders Nielsen were probably the two best backup goalies available. There wasn't a ton. Uh, available in free agency, but I think it's a good signing for the Ducks. You know, two seasons probably going to take him to the end of his career he'll be 39 uh by the time this contract ends up and, and i think it's a like i said it's great for him to be able to back up gibson and, and you know share that experience with him yeah and that was a you know a fan question we had from Siska. she asked you know what did you think about miller as uh, gibson's backup is he an improvement over bernier which you talked about and i agree i think he is going to be an improvement um you know some of the ducks backups you know over the last couple of years haven't been so you know great you know we had hudobin had brisgolov come back you know obviously we had bernier who you and i talked about this on previous shows he did well in the regular season and then obviously uh, those last couple games against Nashville is kind of his undoing, which, you know, you can look at it as he was cold. He didn't play for a while, which is true. But at the same time, he also gave up, you know, a good amount of goals, especially in uh, the last game. Um, so I agree with you. I think Miller is an improvement. Uh, I'm glad the Ducks got that part ironed out. 
And I, I think it's good. I, and as far as Fowler, I'm right with you there. I think the uh, the term eight years is not really too much of a surprise. I think we thought it would be six to eight years. Um, the cost maybe a little bit on the high side, but it's definitely a player worth locking down. So the Ducks got you know some some moves done on the first, which was you know big, um, some stuff that'll help the team. And then they kind of went quiet after that, Eddie. I mean, the the Ducks made some more moves the next day, and then within the next week, and we'll kind of cover those briefly. Um, you know, on the second. Um, they uh, ended up signing Oleski and Saborin. Uh, both those guys, pretty much you know, minor league type players. Um, you know, guys that are going to help out down there. M- maybe Oleski competes as um, you know the seventh or eighth uh, defensive man with Holzer, which you know they the Ducks gave him an extension as well. So they may see him there. Um, he's he's a pretty physical guy. He'll get in fights and whatnot, but I don't know if we'll see him too much. Uh, Zaborn, he actually played with the goals last season, so he'll probably be back down there as well. So that was kind of the, the only moves that were made on the second, Eddie. Yeah, and, and pretty much all the moves made after this uh, were, were depth moves. And, you know, we may see him come up, but like you said, with Holzer signing and coming back, he's probably the seventh guy. You also got to look at Larson if he's going to come up and play more minutes this year with the Ducks. Then, you know, he's a guy that could get a top six spot. Um, that leaves Oletsky at you know an eight or a nine, depending on who you, you decide to put in front of him. You know he he played some some serious minutes uh, at times with the Penguins, but due to their injury issues, he, he played okay. He's a serviceable guy. You know he's been around the league. He, he knows what it takes to to play the game. So you know it's not a great signing. It's not a headliner. It's not something that we we're gonna get excited about. But it, at least you have a guy who can step in and who's been there and done that. You know a, a guy who knows what it takes to play in the NHL. So. It, it's always great to have those depth guys to be able to step in because if uh, you know if a guy like uh, Holzer goes down or Bieksa goes down, even Manson or, or some of the top guys, you have a guy who can step in and obviously isn't going to replace them, uh, but is able to fill a hole. Yeah, and you talk about depth guys. You know, the Ducks went out and got another depth player uh, on the fifth. They got a, a Reto Berra, which you kind of were surprised about this because he had signed uh, a deal to play in the Swiss League. Uh, for a three-year contract through 2020, but he also had an NHL out clause in his contract. So uh, Barra ended up signing one year with the Ducks, uh, likely will play in the Gulls. And it's kind of an interesting uh, situation, Eddie, because he has that out clause and he has the one year in the NHL. And if he doesn't uh, sign you know, again with another team, then he goes back to the Swiss League for the next two years after that. Yeah, and, and actually, I think this is a pretty decent signing for the Ducks. I mean, you look at... John Gibson, who, who I guess not necessarily has been injury prone, but has had some injury issues over the last few seasons. You, and you look at Ryan Miller, who's also is 37 years old. There's a chance that you know if he gets injured, it might, might take him a little bit while, a little bit longer to get back and ready to play. So you know, look before the Barra signing, you look behind them and you say you've really got Tokarski, you've got Boyle, and that's pretty much it. You've got guys who can come up and and really have limited NHL experience. So bringing in Barra as that you know buffer between those two guys down in the minors, you have a guy who can come up who's played in some NHL games, who, who's been a starter at times, I believe, with the Avalanche when when guys have gone down with injury like Varlamov, and you know it, it's a guy who can come in and and play some some minutes. I, I mean, it, it's it's almost like having Bernier last year and having Enroth and having Gibson. You have three guys who've played minutes in the NHL. They have experience in, in the net. So I, I think it's a good signing. It's cheap. It's for one year. It really means nothing. And, and it's you know good coverage for the Ducks if one of their guys goes down. 
Yeah, we've seen that these cheap signings, like you talked about. You know, the the Ducks then ended up uh, signing Dennis uh, Rasmussen, and they also gave uh, Alex Dosti a three-year entry-level uh, deal. So those are the last two moves to kind of you know wind up the season, or at least wind up you know the free agency for now. Um, I think the Rasmussen one is kind of interesting, Eddie, because. You know, the Ducks haven't gone out and gotten a big forward like we, we talked about. Uh, obviously, they re-signed Patrick Ease, which we were all excited about that. And everybody out there, we know you were all excited as well. But they haven't gotten anybody um, after that. And Rasmussen seems pretty fired up. You know, in his, um, his tweet, he t- said he was happy to come join the Ducks and put on a new sweater. And, uh, you know, obviously he's not a top six guy, but he's definitely a guy that could fill in in the bottom six, Eddie. Um, We'll kind of talk about the lineup here in just a second, uh, you know, given what the team is made up right now. Um, But he's maybe a guy that can, you know, add a little bit. I mean, you know, he's 6'3", 205. He's not a small guy. He's got some size. Um, maybe a little bit inconsistent in his scoring, but um, you never know. He might be able to provide some secondary scoring for the Ducks this season. Yeah, you know, he's a fourth-line center, and he essentially comes in and fills the spot that Nate Thompson was in uh, last season. And and really, this all depends, um, we talked about it before, if they want to play Raquel at center or not. Um, this gives them options that they don't have to put him there. They can obviously play then Getzlaff, Kessler, Vermat, and Rasmussen if they want. So th- there's options now for the Ducks if Raquel wants to, if they want to put Raquel on the wing again, they have that option. If they want to put him at center, then they can either play Vermette on the wing or they can play Rasmussen on the wing if they want. So it gives them some flexibility. You know, I like the signing. You, you, they needed to bring in another fourth line guy after, after letting Thompson go. Um, you know, he, he, had a decent season with the Blackhawks you know like you said he's not going to really light up the score sheet um, but you know he gives them some depth and possible secondary scoring which is something that they were lacking last year yeah and now like you said looking at the lineup you know the Ducks have options uh, as far as the center uh, position like you said Thompson went out Rasmussen came in and with the Ducks getting Eves back or, or at least keeping him um, it works out too so if you look at the lineup uh, the forward lineup that is um if we go with Eves and Getzloff again together, because, you know, they worked well and we think that's kind of what's going to happen, uh, the Ducks would really just have to decide who the other winger would be, which it would be Perry or Raquel. Um, the second line, we're pretty sure, would be Cagliano, uh, Kessler, and Silverberg. No real changes there. And then however that first line goes really detect, uh, dictates the third line, which could be uh, Richie and then either uh, Raquel or Vermint at center. And then if, if Perry's on the first line, he could be on this line or maybe Casse. So it's kind of a mix there, Eddie. I mean, obviously the fourth line is going to be all the remaining players. But um, it'll be uh, you know curious to see w- what they do with Perry and Raquel as far as putting them um, either with Getzloff and Eves or maybe putting them down on that. It's not really the third line. We call it that. But, you know, the, there's the top three lines that rotate pretty much. But uh, that's kind of my, um, you know, opinion of how it's going to go or what they're going to decide i mean they may change it up but i think they keep uh, eves and getzloff together yeah i would think so i mean the, the chemistry they had it you know it's a, obviously a reason that eves was brought back um and it would be you know it'd be ridiculous for him not to at least start the season on on the same line as getzloff but yeah you're right i mean the the left wing then uh becomes an issue is, is who you're going to put with getzloff and eves and then from there on it it kind of settles down on, on the third line and, and if you're going to have perry down there and who you're going to play with him you know with the ducks not going out and getting a top nine forward you know you got to look at some other guys now to have to step up you know richie stepped up last year but he's going to have to step up this year as well uh and andre kasha as well is is he's going to have to step up you know the ducks have some guys uh, in the top top nine that are going to be able to play significant roles, obviously Getzloff and Perry and Eves and, and the Kessler line and, and Raquel. 
But from there on, there's a couple holes. Obviously, like we just mentioned, left wing on the first line, there's a hole there. Uh, there's a hole on the third line of, of guys that can fill in and, and get some goal scoring. So you know, we're going to have to look for some guys to step up, possibly Kudelis if, if he gets another shot this year. And, and maybe we see a guy like Jones or Steele or somebody come out of camp and, and surprise and fill a hole there. Yeah, you know, and the big topic really uh, this last couple of weeks is, you know, with the Ducks not doing a whole lot after, you know, just a little bit of those signings a week after the first is, you know, have the Ducks done enough? That's been a question. You know, are they going to be where they're at, um, you know, this coming season like they were last year? You know, there's still free agents out there that you and I talked about. And we, we've talked about the team and how they're going to do. We're still pretty confident that they'll do well in the regular season. We think they'll do well in the playoffs, too. But what do you think, Eddie, as far as, you know, you talked about some of the holes in the lineup, you know, the forward depth. Um, do you think the Ducks have done enough? Do you, um, are they good enough as they are now? Or do you think they should still try to go out and get one more player? Uh, keeping in mind, the Ducks do have $4.3 uh, million in, the, in their cap still, uh, per cap friendly. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the quality of free agents left, uh, it, it's not great. Um, there are some guys out there who could who could possibly fill in roles on, on the Ducks' third line. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Thomas Vanek; uh, he's an option for for the Ducks. Uh, not a huge fan of, of Vanek, but you know, he's if you look at points and, and who had the most points last season, he tops the list of available free agents. Uh, obviously, Yamari Yager is still there, and and you know, deciding if he's going to play another season in the NHL. You, know, you look at. Um, Yuri Hoodler as well, Drew Stafford. These are all guys who are still available and and can play you know top nine minutes in, in the NHL. So you know there, there's some options out there for the Ducks. Uh, you're going to get them for cheaper because they are still around. I, I don't see any of these guys probably signing for for any significant money or getting any raises uh, based on their play last year. So. Um, there's options there. Um, you know, I was hoping that the Ducks were were going to make a trade uh, and bring in a, a you know a top six winger a guy like maybe Tatar or James Van Riemsdyk or something like that but obviously you know that didn't materialize and it most likely won't happen until either the trade deadline or even uh, the off season for next season so um, you know there's there's some things they could do um, you know if they're going to do it I, I really don't know I, I think it looks like they're going to go into camp and, and see if any guys can make the lineup out of camp and, and if not then they're just going to go with the roster that they have right now. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, some of the players out there you mentioned, you know, that they could get cheap. I mean, obviously, uh, a lot of fans ask about Yager, of course. He's one that's out there. Um, you know, more right wing, obviously, Ducks kind of need the left wing depth more. But, I mean, that's one to keep an eye on, which, I mean, he may retire, too. I mean, the way it's going, it's it's kind of been a while now. You know, his, his phone's not ringing off the hook anymore. We haven't seen any more of those tweets. So, you haven't seen that. And then, uh, unfortunately, your, your boy Tatar uh, signed a multi-year deal at Detroit. He finally um, got that ironed out. So, um, not saying that he couldn't be traded later in the season, but at least as, as far as now, there's not really a, a chance of that happening in the next couple months. Um, some of the other players you mentioned, I know I had an article written about him too, is uh, you know, Van, Vanek is one that's out there. Like you said, I'm not big on him, but he's an option. Uh, Stafford's another one. And uh, Hoodler's another one too. Uh, you know, he's had some health issues the last season which could, you know, kind of cause maybe a problem. Maybe that's why Murray's trying to stay away. So there's not too many left wingers out there, um, you know, that, that can play, you know, in those spots. I mean, there's even Matt Cullen that's still on there, but it looks like he may retire as well. So he's getting up there in age as, as a lot of these free agents are. So there's just not a lot out there. And I really think that there's not going to be a whole lot of action in terms of the free agency coming up. It really um, looks like, like you talked about, Eddie, it's going to be uh, who's going to come up 
you know, in the rookie camp and the, the preseason and who's going to impress. And that's what some of the fan questions we've had is, you know, who do, who do you think could surprise? We had uh, Eddie Richard ask that out of the camp. And obviously the big names come up there. We talk about them all the time. Uh, Steele and Jones, uh, you have to keep your eye on them. Um, who else do you think maybe could, uh, you know, try to jump up in one of these spots since the Ducks haven't gone out and gotten a big name forward? Yeah, I mean, we saw him come up last year in Cali Cosilla. I think there's a chance that maybe he impresses out of camp and, and you know, gets at least a sometime uh, at the beginning of the season obviously it's a, a little bit easier for him to start in the AHL because that's where he played last year you know there's no issues of him having to get sent down to junior so I think there's a chance that unless he wows he'll most likely start uh, with the goals uh, another one is, is Julius Nottenen. Um there's a chance that maybe he makes the lineup out of camp if he impresses um, obviously you know natural center so there's a little bit of issue there if, if you know a lot of guys do come out of junior and they, they end up playing wing before they play center. So it'd be interesting to see what position he'd line up with the Ducks if he did make the, the, the lineup at a camp. Um, and then obviously we talked about him a lot uh, as well as Jakob Larson is a guy that we probably think is most likely to, to start the season with the Ducks and, and to get a spot out of camp. Uh, you know, right now Holzer is holding down uh, that uh, number six spot. And, I, you know, I don't see that lasting if, if Larson can even just do moderately well in camp. I think there's a chance that he's going to make the lineup and, and play significant time for the Ducks this year. So, yeah, I, I mean, you look at those guys, but like you said, the two big names are Sam Steele and Max Jones and seeing if they can impress and, and make it out of camp. You know, I think Max Jones probably has um, the better shot. You know, he's a bigger guy, you know, gained some weight, put, bulked up in the offseason. Looks like he's, you know, physically ready uh, for the NHL. Um, you know, if the skill will translate this early on, you, you know, you'll never know. You'll have to see in camp and preseason and see maybe if he gets a couple games uh, at least to, to start the season and see if he can impress. Um, and then for Sam Steele, it's, it's a little bit of a, a more difficult route. Uh, he's a smaller guy, uh, so he's going to have to impress with his skill, and he, and he obviously is most likely the, the, the Ducks' most skilled prospect. So, you know, it will be interesting to see what these guys can do. Um, you know, I'd love to see Steele and Jones both make the team out of camp and, and, and play well and impress, but it's going to be difficult for both of them to, to grab a roster spot from some of these guys. Yeah, and according to Murray, you know, the, the shortcomings with both of them, uh, he talked about this, uh, you know, at the Select a Seat event a little while back in uh, June, but uh, some of the, the things that he said is that with Jones, like his decision-making isn't really the best, you know, his hockey IQ is, it still kind of needs a little bit of work. Uh, like you said, size is a bonus for him. And then, you know, with uh, Steele, it's the other way around. Steele does make good decision-making, is a skilled player, seems to have a better uh, hockey IQ, but then the size is his issue. So it's like you kind of got pluses and minuses with both, and they both got to kind of work on those things to see if they'll come out. Um, you know, I, I don't think either one makes it out of camp this year, but, you know, there's a chance one of them may. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. It, it just seems like uh, might be kind of a, a, a jammed field, but with the Ducks not getting a big name forward, they have a possibility. Another one's Cordillas too. He could maybe squeeze in there as well. So it'll be you know a tight race there uh, to see who else can kind of get into that spot and make it if the uh, the Ducks indeed don't get another big name forward. On defense, I agree with you. I think uh, Larson is one that could make it. Uh, if you look at the Ducks' defense right now, it's uh, Lindholm and Manson. 
Fowler, Montour, Bieksa, and Botnan are most likely uh, your guys that are going to be uh, up there starting. Uh, as we talked about, Holzer's in there, uh, Lesky maybe, but I, I really think uh, Larson's ahead of both of them, and maybe he jumps in there and, and gets to play some of this time this season. So I agree with you there, Eddie. Uh, I think he's the one to watch in the defense. So kind of exciting, you know. Um, there's some you know room for some of the players, the younger guys, to move up and maybe get a chance to play. Um, but it all goes back to the question, you know, how far will this team go? And uh, I'm optimistic, but I'm, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I think this team uh, can do well. Uh, obviously, health was an issue in the playoffs last year, losing the you know the two 30 goal scorers, and obviously Gibson too in those final games. Not making excuses, but just saying that that definitely hindered the Ducks in the Western Conference Final. Um, so if the Ducks can stay healthy, um, they have a great shot, Eddie. But I would still um, like to see them get one more player. I don't think it'll happen now, but maybe closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, you know, I think the defense is is pretty much exactly the same going into this season, if not arguably better. You know, guys like Montour, uh, Lindholm, Valor, Vaughn, and Manson, they all have a year's more of experience. They're young guys. It's, it's going to do them well in this season. So I think the Ducks have taken at least a small step forward uh, defensively this year. So that's going to be the same. And goaltending, I think the Ducks upgraded. Obviously, Gibson is is back, and you're hoping that he he's a year, you know, year with more experience. He's going to do better this year. You've got a great backup with uh, Miller behind him, so it's a plus there for the Ducks. And and like you said, it just it comes down to offense for the Ducks, and it's something they lacked in the bottom half of, of their lineup last year was depth scoring, and you know they really haven't done much to address it this year. Uh, you know, a full season of Patrick Eves with with Ryan Getzlaff will definitely help. Um, you know, maybe a, a you know a rejuvenated Corey Perry this year. Hopefully that he can have a, a good season. Get close to 30 goals again this year and that would help the Ducks so you know there's some things that could improve from from last year that you know seem easy on on the surface you know with Perry improving with the full season of Patrick Eves obviously the Kessler line is going to stay together you know another uh, improvement from Raquel if I mean he had a great season last year but if he can up his assist totals and keep the goals uh, close to 30 he's going to get 50 60 points this year so you know I think there's a lot of pluses there but you got to look at the bottom lineup and and guys uh, you know newly signed Dennis Rasmussen uh, Nick Richie, Andre Kasha, you know, those are guys who are going to have to step up and, and continue to, and, you know, improve uh, if the Ducks are going to make a, a long run this year. Yeah, I agree with you. The secondary scoring is going to be something to watch. And uh, like you said, you know, uh, having Eves there the whole season will be interesting. And the other, the one that's kind of, you know, we've talked about him before is uh, Perry. And there was, you know, some news about him recently, uh, some unconfirmed news uh, that came out that, uh, it sounds like Perry may have been dealing with some type of knee injury this season um, at the uh, Ducks uh, select a seat event. Uh, Murray was there and talked about different injuries. Remember, he he told about most of them. Uh, as we knew, Lindholm and Botnan had to have the uh, shoulder surgery. We finally found out that Kessler had the hip issue. And, you know, basically almost everybody on the team, it seemed like, was injured. Um, and then uh, we heard one of the guys on Twitter, uh, his name listed there is uh, Chris Smith, said that um, on a little side note, when after one of the little sessions with Murray that he had mentioned something about Perry having a knee issue throughout the season, um, nothing major, but that he was going to be good to go, you know, come this season. But it's kind of interesting, Eddie, because, you know, we heard all these um, reports of injuries and whatnot. Um, you know, and this issue with Perry isn't really new. A lot of people had asked, uh, at least I know we, you and I have talked about it, you know, was Perry hurt during the season? Um, is he slowing down? Um, is he just not giving it his all, you know, all these kind of questions we've heard. So when we hear this part of it, which has kind of come out, you know, different people have posted things in the last month or so, and it's not a big surprise, 
But I, I think the issue is, you know, the timing of the, of the the statement. There's been no official word, you know, and and how, what extent, if if, if it's true, uh, what happened to Perry this uh, regular season, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. Uh, I mean, you know, he he'd had an off season for his standards. It wasn't a completely poor season. He still had fifty three points, but. Um, you know, it would make sense if, if there was a little bit of a small nagging knee injury that, you know, put him off his game for, for, you know, most of the season and was a reason that he didn't get close to 30 goals. You know, that would be something, you know, we would all love to, to blame on, of, of the issue of, of why Corey Perry didn't step up and, and play like, you know, we're used to him playing, but we, we don't really know right now. I, I mean, we haven't had anything officially confirmed, like you said, you know, some people have said that he said it at the end of his press conference. And, um, you know, I just think, you know, I, I, not that I would love for him to be hurt, but you would love for it to be true, essentially, because you would want him to be able to come back next year fully healthy and play like the Perry we're used to seeing. But, you know, it's just a little bit uh, weird. What You know, why would they not mention it um, when they mentioned the Lindholm and Votnin had shoulder surgery and Kessler needed hip surgery. And then why not throw in there? Oh, Perry also played with a nagging knee injury all season. You know, it's, it's not that it's not true or that it's true. It just would have been great for him to publicly announce that if that is the case, it would have put a lot of people's questions at ease. You know, a lot of people saying trade Perry would have been able to calm their minds a little bit and know that, uh, you know, he just had a knee injury and that was, you know, maybe a significant factor of why his season was kind of slumping this year. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to come out and they're going to publicly say it's a little bit late now, um, but we can just assume that you know he possibly had a knee injury last season and that might have been why his play suffered. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting because you know Kessler was kind of the last one, and we kind of heard things um, you know throughout the season um, towards the actually more towards the tail end of the season that Kessler had some you know little nagging things here or there. And then there was, you know, more reports of things coming out in the, in the uh, playoffs. And when we hear these things, we usually don't say anything because if we do, wh- whether it's true or not, we don't want to say anything because then I'll get a phone call from the team, which <laughs> that happened way back in the beginning when I, I didn't quite know what I was doing in the beginning. But I learned that, uh, you know, especially uh, during the regular season and even more importantly during the playoffs, not to say anything, but we had heard stuff about Kessler during the playoffs. Then finally it came out. Uh, in the, the offseason and now it's the offseason so we can we can talk about Perry and, and what's going on um, obviously because several fans are posting things on social media about this and um, you know I think like you said it, it, it would be nice if it is true because it, you know then people would kind of lay off Perry because you know I get a lot of the let's trade Perry he looks slow you know he's not giving it his all those are a lot of the comments I heard and then of course mixed in with those comments is, you know, has he heard, have you heard anything, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you know, it, it's all that stuff's kind of gone on throughout the season. Um, so now to kind of hear this and, and hear that, you know, Murray maybe have said this after the, um, the regular official thing, you know, he said this after when they're just walking off the, the, the main little stage there and they talked, it's kind of interesting. Uh, and we put together a poll question too. When you, um, listen to this, we'll have it in the article. It'll be in there and you can vote yourself and tell us what you think. Think, if uh, he was injured for a majority of the season, do you think he was injured for a little bit? Or do you think this is, you know, total BS? Because I've seen people say that too. They think, 
that maybe Murray said this and it's just to uh, get people to stop talking about the trade, you know, trade Perry stuff because he's been getting heat maybe from people on that front because, you know, a lot of people uh, have been, you know, upset with Perry this last season. Like you said, he, he didn't play terrible, but, you know, he had, you know, a down season in terms of his offensive numbers and, and we're mainly talking about the goals, obviously, because, you know, people expect him to get 30 or more goals and he only got 19. So people look at that. So there's a whole lot going on here, Eddie. Uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, finally someone posted that that's what Murray had actually said. Cause there were other people saying, Oh, I heard this. I heard that, you know? Um, so like you said, I, I think it's, if it's true, it, it, maybe it helps out, you know, and whatnot. But the other side of this coin too, Eddie is, you know, almost everybody's hurt and you know, then the ducks lost and they came out and announced all those injuries, you know, I'm not saying that um, it's not you know something that they should do, but it's not really surprising. A lot of players play with nagging injuries throughout the season. I mean, usually not in the beginning, of course, but towards the end, players get banged up. So if he had some kind of little nagging thing with his knee, I'm, I'm really not that surprised, Eddie. No, and we looked it up even before this to see if he had any previous issues with his knee, and we saw that you know he got uh, he was out three to four weeks a couple seasons ago uh, when he got hit by Keith Ballard uh, against Minnesota. And then in the same season in the playoffs, he got blindsided by um, by Stajan uh, at the blue line and had a knee injury a little bit there. Obviously, that didn't translate into next season where he ended up scoring 34 goals and actually had a pretty decent season. But you can look back at those and say maybe you know his knee's not as strong as it used to be. He maybe banged it up in, even in the World Cup of Hockey at the beginning of the season. Uh, and then you know it just wasn't the same for the rest of the season. It was just kind of nagging and threw him off his game. You know, there's always the... The possibility that that's what happened, and, and you, you never really know. And hopefully he can take this off season and, and really work on that and make sure he's 100% going into this next season. And then hopefully, you know, his play will, will do the talking and we won't have to hear anything about trade Perry or, you know, about him, him sucking and him being slow. <laughs> this next season, hopefully he can, you know, get 30 goals and shut everybody up because that'd be great. Because, you know, he's still a great hockey player. He's still the one of the Ducks' best forwards, if not their best goal scorer. You know, obviously with Raquel coming up, you got to kind of, argue a little bit there now but you know it, it would be great for him to come back and and, and play the Corey Perry we know he can be you know and, the, and the, another part of this too Eddie is I mean I'm not a doctor or anything like that but if you look at these uh MCL type injuries there's there's three types there's grade one grade two and grade three and and basically if you look at them grade one is the, the least you know it's usually like less less than 10 percent of a tear or a strain um players get treatment they can play through that um, that's kind of what I, I'm thinking that maybe Perry had because if it goes to uh, grade two or three, it's a much more severe. Obviously, uh, two, you have issues bending your knee. Three is the complete tear surgery. You know, basically you're screwed. Um, you know, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just this is just some medical stuff that I've seen on the internet. You guys can Google, look it up too. But it seems like if maybe he had a grade one type MCL tear, that maybe that's what he had throughout the season, and and maybe he was able to play through it or something like that. Um, again. Not a doctor. I'm just saying those are those are some of the uh, the types of MCL sprains that are out there. Uh, you guys can research it on your own or whatnot. But uh, you know, it's we've seen this. People play through injury all the time. It's it's not a surprise that things come out uh, at the end of the season and whatnot. I just uh, think it's interesting the timing of it and the fact that there's no official statement because usually, uh, you know, the Ducks are really good about this. Um, you know, once the season's over, they'll announce all the stuff, Eddie, and let everybody know. Hey, you know, this guy had this and this guy had that. I mean, they even said, remember, Bowl had a bad back. I mean, simple stuff like that. So. It's just kind of interesting um, 
the way it came out that that's the thing i think is interesting that's why we're gonna have a poll question have you guys vote and see what you guys think and uh, uh that's really it on that eddie i don't have any more to add uh, unless you have something else about perry no not really uh, i mean it would just be great uh you know obviously you, you never know what's true it would be great for him to come back and play well and you know uh it, it's just tough we we looked at those like i said previously we looked at those injuries that he had in, in that season those were some pretty brutal hits that he took to his knee and you know you never know how long those could last if any of them could resurface and you know again you look at the fact perry also played you know he played the 82 game full season he played six games previously in the world cup of hockey he played 17 playoff games last year you know he played a lot of hockey last year as well and you know he played in the uh the the what's it called the world championships before that so he played a lot of hockey last season before so you know he played over uh you know almost 100 games in both seasons of hockey so you know hopefully this year he can he can get some rest in the off season get ready to go and be 100 percent going into the season you know there's no world cup there's there's no world championships just here after the playoffs he could he was done playing hockey and, and just resting for the whole off season so it'll be nice to see him do that and just be ready to go 100 percent at the beginning of the season yeah, and talking about, you know, you said there's no world championship uh, coming up. There's also, uh, you know, the Olympics is another issue. We'll kind of talk about some of the fan questions now. But one of them uh, that we had was, you know, as far as the league not participating in the Olympics and what we thought about that. And I kind of have mixed feelings, uh, Eddie. Like you talked about, you know, Perry played in all these other games. We've seen other players play in a bunch of these things and they get injured and it, you know, affects the team, uh, whether it's a nagging injury or they're out for a while. Um, what do you think about the Olympics? What do you think about the NHL kind of, you know, basically saying no, except for like, you know, minor league deals and stuff, uh, those players can go and play, but you know, as far as big name players, uh, everybody's pretty much, um, you know, SOL. Yeah, I know we've, we've kind of talked about this briefly too, when, before, when they actually announced all this news and, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, if, you know, you're playing a part of the league and if they're saying that they'd rather you stay and play in the NHL during the regular season than go play in the Olympics, then, you know, I think as a player, you have to accept that. I mean, you're first and foremost, you're, you're playing in the NHL and obviously it sucks. And, and, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's, it's, you know, it's great pride to play for their country and, and play for an Olympic gold medal. But, you know, I think their job and, and their contract and, and everything dictates that they're playing for this team in the National Hockey League, and I think that has to come first. And if the NHL says, "Hey, you know, you guys aren't going this year. We want to. We don't want to split up our schedule, and we want to continue playing hockey through what normally would have been about a month of, of a break for the Olympics," then I think they have to accept that. And you know, it, it'll be great for these guys in in the minor leagues that you know, never would have got this opportunity before to go out and play and represent their country. And and you know, you got to look at that as well. You know, the NHL players, obviously being the best of the best, you know, they're a little bit. Uh, you don't, you don't want to say lucky because it's all about skill, but they get to do this all the time. They get to go represent their country. And, you know, these guys in the minor leagues that normally would have got it because before you would have the amateurs going to play in the Olympics, you know, they get that opportunity now to go do that and, and represent their country. So I, I, I think it's, you know, it's disappointing for fans because you won't be seeing the best hockey, but, you know, it's great for, for the players that normally wouldn't be able to get that opportunity to go there, represent their country. Uh, and, and play in an atmosphere you know they never would have been able to experience yeah i think you're right i think there's kind of a mix there like you said the, the the big name players they won't be able to get to do it but then you've got these other guys that are upcoming that you know may never be a big star in the nhl or may not you know play that long in the nhl and they get a chance to go represent their country so there i mean there's positives and negatives to it i, I think it's just unfortunate you can't really please everybody in this situation 
um, because if then you give it to the NHL and you let them send all those players, then, you know, of course the, the other players aren't going to most likely make it or only some of them will make it. So I, I think it's, it's a tough decision. Uh, I don't think it's an easy one, but I, I kind of think the league got it right because, I mean, you can't disrupt the season for so long. Um, you know, I think the World Cup of Hockey before the season, um, it worked out. I mean, obviously some players did get hurt, so that was unfortunate. Um, but I think if they try something like that, it's kind of a better scenario. I think here they're they're pretty much doing what they got to do. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to seeing some of these younger guys come up and play and have a good chance um, in the Olympics, uh, the Winter Olympics. Um, another issue kind of with the league that uh, was brought to by another fan, Eddie, was George. He brought up the whole uh, advertising on the player jerseys, which this is another topic you and I talked about before. Um, obviously, I, I don't like it, but, I mean, it's up to the league what they're going to do. I I hope they don't go crazy with it, but, you know, if it ends up being like NASCAR on ice, I mean, I don't know. That, that's something that could happen. You know, you could see these jerseys with, you know, Home Depot and Target and who knows whatever else thrown on there. Um, I mean, I think most fans would be in agreement with us and say no, but I really haven't heard anything new. I mean, obviously those Adidas jerseys came out. You saw all those crazy changes that the Ducks made to their jersey. I, oh, wait, never mind. The Ducks didn't make any changes to their jersey other than a few things. But you, you saw how the jerseys didn't really change a whole lot. I mean, some did, but not a lot of them. So as far as the advertising goes, I haven't heard anything, Eddie. Yeah, you know, there hasn't been really much talk since Adidas took over and, and really, you know, uh, Batman calmed it down and said there wasn't going to be any um, advertising on jerseys for the foreseeable future, but you never know. I, I mean, I think it's it's inevitable now. I, I mean, I think for every sport it's inevitable. That's just the way that the game as a business is, is trending in, in any sport. You know, the the NBA is starting to do that now, and they're going to – I think they're testing out logos uh, – this season, I know they did it during the All Star Game last season, where they had uh, I think it was Kia or something on on the corner of their jerseys during the All Star Game, and I think they're testing. Some teams are at least testing it out this year. So, you know, they look to be the ones who are going to start it out, and then from there on, I you know, it's a matter of time before the NFL and the NHL and and you know everybody else gets involved. Uh, obviously, soccer has been doing it for years, and it's a staple there. And it's just the money. It's the money involved. The money that you get. You know, you look at the deals that some of the top teams in soccer sign. You know, Manchester United signs a multi-million dollar deal, hundreds of million dollars with, with Chevrolet to have Chevrolet on, on their jerseys. And, you know, the, the just the money involved is too much to pass up for these teams and for the league. And, and I think, it, you know, eventually it's just going to happen. And, and what it's going to look like, I don't know. You know, obviously in soccer it's not a big deal because it's been there for so long. They do it in a, in a way that it, it most of the time... Uh, at the high end, at least, uh, it doesn't look bad. But, you know, with hockey jerseys, it, it, I just think it's so difficult with hockey jerseys because you've got the logo front and center. There's nowhere really to put it unless you're going to put it in the corner. But then you've got, obviously, the captains and the assistants who have uh, that on their jersey as well. So it's difficult to really say where they're going to put it on hockey jerseys. I mean, they could maybe possibly make it look good, uh, but it's just hard to see. You know, it's something we'd have to wait and see when it happens and really judge it from there. Yeah, I think you're right. Like when you look at a, a jersey, no matter what team, I mean, you've got stuff all over it already. You know, like you said, you, you've got shoulder patches. You know, they had the, the Centennial patch. They've had, you know, the C and the A. Uh, you know, they've got now Adidas on the top back. I mean, but they had Reebok too there. So, I mean, I think if they did it, maybe they would do like one thing at a time. Maybe I would hope something small, uh, you know, maybe something that, um, isn't too different from the uniform, which I, I don't know. That'd be difficult to make something that's, you know, like you don't want to throw a bright red, 
you know, target thing on a, on the ducks orange Jersey. I mean, I don't know. It would look kind of weird. You know what I mean? So certain logos might not go with certain jerseys. So, you know, I don't know how they would work that out. Um, but I, I would hope that if they did, it would maybe just be something small and like one of those other patches and they just put it maybe on the, on the shoulder or somewhere, you know, by the hip or something on the, you know, the bottom of the Jersey, but nothing new. Uh, obviously we'll monitor that. And if something comes up, we'll post it. Um, the only real other, uh, question, uh, this is more related to the ducks, Eddie, um, is, uh, Gary asks if the ducks are going to, you know, trade one of the defensive players to try and go out and get a forward. Um, you and I kind of talked about this in the last several podcasts, and as of now, I don't really think they're going to do that, Eddie. I mean, obviously, Botnin was the big talk. Um, you know, we had the Vegas draft and, and Stoner and Theodore were gone. So after that, that pretty much ended that conversation. I, I, I don't really see the Ducks making a trade, uh, not, not at least right now. I mean, maybe during the season, but I, I don't see them really doing a whole lot in the next month or two. Yeah, I think it's a little late for, for that to happen now. Um, you know, I don't see them. If, if anybody was to be traded, we always talked about this. It was going to be Votnin. And, and, you know, really, there, there's no chance of that happening before the beginning of the season. And it's something that you, you probably wouldn't even see at the deadline unless a guy like Larson can come up and step in and, and play top four minutes. And, and Montour can come up and play uh, better than he did last season, even though he played excellent last season in, in the time that he had. So, you know, uh, that's the only th- the way I could see him getting moved before the next offseason is if those two guys can step up and, and, you know, if he slumps or show they show that he's not needed right now. But even then, I mean, I think the Ducks would just keep him and, and have him for depth going into the playoffs and then decide what they're going to do in the offseason because he's signed for the foreseeable future. They have that flexibility to work with. And, you know, I think next offseason will be interesting for, for the Ducks. I think depending on their play this year, that's what will kind of show what they're going to do but with guys like Montour going to be uh, a year older and having another season of experience under his belt with a guy like Larson most likely going to play some role for the Ducks this year you know next offseason would be the time I think that you would see them move a guy like Vaughn in for a forward yeah and don't forget Bieksa comes off the books too so I know everybody will clap over that one and that's four million so uh, that's uh, you know another spot will be open. You know whether that money's used for Manson or Gibson or another player as well down the line, or a combination of that. So you, you have that to look forward to. You know, obviously it's another year away, but um, that's kind of where they're at right now. The Ducks are kind of looks like they're kind of put. You know, uh, ready to go uh, for the season. Um, you know, there's some events coming up. The Ducks will have their uh, rookie camp coming up. Uh, I know you all miss hockey. It's going to be uh, September 7th and 8th at Anaheim Ice. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. They're also going to play in the, uh, the the rookie showcase. They have some games up in San Jose. That'll be following um, that weekend of September the uh, 9th through the 12th. They'll be up there playing some games. Uh, you also have the Fedoran Cup coming up too again. That'll be August 26th also at Anaheim Ice. So you have that to look forward to. There'll be some Ducks players playing in that. So there's a couple of events coming up. I know it's another uh, you know three, four weeks away. Uh, for you to look forward to, you know, enjoy summer for now. Uh, obviously, some of the Duck players are, Eddie. Uh, we had some other news, too. We had uh, Silverberg got married this last weekend, and uh, Patrick Eves won the uh, ping-pong tournament, too, as well. Third time in a row there. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much goes there, and he owns the, the event. But <laughs> three-time Smash Fest champion for, for Patrick Eves. I know we all saw the videos on social media that were pretty funny. But, um, you know, as for, for Silverberg, hopefully uh, – he doesn't uh, get the curse of, of playing a bad season after getting <laughs> married because it seems to happen, at least with, with Ducks players from what we've seen. Obviously, Perry last year, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We, hopefully not. I mean, he's 
he's going to be going into a comfortable situation. He pretty much plays on the same line for like, that he has for the past three seasons. So if anybody's going to prove there's a curse, it's going to be him if he slumps this year. So, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we're we're picking on some you know small news here because we don't really have much to go on. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're focusing on Patrick E's winning a ping ping pong tournament. That's how deep into the summer we are right now. So but yeah, I mean if if you know, we, we really can't wait for the season to start and it'll just be great to see everybody get together. Obviously like you just mentioned the pre uh the uh the rookie tournament, the preseason games will be coming up for Doran Cup, so you know, really can't wait for all that stuff when we actually have some some actual news to talk about and some actual games to to discuss. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some confirmed news would be good too. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the other thing is just keeping track uh, of all the events. If you go on Twitter and Facebook, the the pinned uh, tweet or post, it still has the Ducks uh, transactions up there. Uh, we've listed everything that's happened from the draft. If you missed anything from that, we've got all the signings. Obviously, there's no trades posted, but if one does, we'll we'll put it on there. Uh, so you can go back and look at that. It links to all the articles. So if you want to read about a certain uh, player and uh, look up some stats or whatnot, it's all on there. So check that out, um, as well as uh, you still got the t-shirts up, uh, tpnhockey.com. Uh, you can go there and pick up some of those as well. And, um, you know, we'll probably be back. I don't know when, Eddie, uh, maybe a week or two. It just really depends on what happens. You know, the news has been very scarce uh, the last couple of weeks. So it'll probably be about two weeks or so, I would think, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. Maybe the Ducks go out. You know, knowing our luck after this, they'll go out and they'll trade Vaughn in for like a forward <laughs> or something and sign like three different free agents. And we'll have to wait till next week to do it. That's usually what happens. But yeah, I yeah. mean, with we're used to this in the summer. Usually there's no news late July to August. So yeah, I mean, hopefully we can do one next week. Hopefully something comes out, but probably two weeks from now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think we get cursed uh, with news coming out like an hour after we do a podcast. It seems to have <laughs> happened a lot of times. So uh, kind of glad that, that nothing's happened recently. But uh, we'll see what happens. And like we said, uh, depending on whatever happens with the Ducks or maybe something with the league, uh, we'll be back, uh, if not in a week, in two weeks. Uh, until then, enjoy your summer and uh, let's go Ducks. <laughs>